The Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza has reported more than 10,000 people killed in Israel's military response, more than 4,200 of them children. Well, Middle East correspondent Yolan Nell has this update from Jerusalem and a warning there are some flashing images in this report. Emerging alive from the ruins of his home. For one month, Palestinians have been under fire. All of Gaza is a battlefield, even here in Khan Yunus in the south, after Israel told people to flee here. This is the bravery of the so-called Israel. They show their might and power against civilians. Babies inside, kids inside. This little girl survived the nighttime attack. Others didn't. A grim milestone's been passed, with over 4,000 children among the more than 10,000 people who've been killed, according to local health officials. In the north, Israeli forces are advancing, they say, in their mission to dismantle Hamas after it launched its deadly attacks on the 7th of October. And now the Israeli prime minister is also giving his first clue as to what might happen here after the war. I think Israel will, for uh, an indefinite period, will have the overall uh, security responsibility because we've seen what happens when we don't have it. When we don't have that security responsibility, what we have is the eruption of uh, Hamas terror on a scale that we couldn't imagine. Across Israel, it's an unofficial day of mourning. Many joined a minute's silence. Then singing the national anthem to remember the bloodiest day in their country's history when some 1,400 people were killed. With 240 hostages still missing in Gaza, a table was laid out, their loved ones hoping these symbols would get attention. We are so uh, sad and we can't uh, feel another feelings. We can't smile, we can everything that uh, we are so uh, we lose our happiness because of this situation. And uh, that's why uh, we came here. Even after decades of conflict between Israel and the Palestinians, the past month has seen unprecedented suffering. And for now, there's no end in sight. Yolande Nell, BBC News, Jerusalem. Well, from Gaza, our correspondent Rushdie Abu Alouf says that there were more deadly Israeli airstrikes overnight. It was uh, three deadly airstrikes in Khan Yunus. More than 30 people were killed in Khan Yunus, Rafah, and Deir el-Balah. All of this area is in the south. It's the area that Israel asked people to flee here. They said it's safe. Today, we are having more people coming from Gaza City into the uh, uh, southern uh, part. In fact, they were walking about five kilometers because the road leads to uh, Gaza City was damaged, the, what's called Salah al-Din Road, which Israel advising people to take uh, uh, to uh, take into the uh, south. I have met some people who were like walking a very long uh, uh, way to, to make it because no access to the road. One month on, still Hamas able to fire rockets, still fighting going on in eight different fronts in Gaza, especially in the northwest and south west of Gaza where Israel ground operation has been expanding and the grip around Gaza city has been tightening and the humanitarian situation there is really at the catastrophic of, uh, of hunger. I was talking to uh, a father of nine people there, you know communication is very hard but between time to time 
we catch someone there, he said, I have no food, I have no money, and I have no water. There is no clean uh, water because all of the aid that coming from uh, Egypt, which is very little according to the UN, not reaching those about half million people who live in Gaza City and the north. Here in the south, situation isn't better. It's quieter a little bit, less airstrikes, but the struggle to find food and water and the struggle for the hospital to find medicine is also continuing. That's our correspondent Rushdie Abu Alouf in Gaza. Well, I'm joined now by the former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Olmer. He led his country from 2006 to 2009. Thanks very much uh, for coming on the programme. Um, can I first get your, your view on what's going on in Gaza at the moment? We've had this situation where Israel has been telling people to leave the north of the territory and they're heading south and then the bombs are dropping on the south as well. Not really. I think that uh, what we are trying to do really is precisely what you have described. You want to move the people out of where the combat areas are. The uh, headquarters of the Hamas organization uh, is in the center of town in the north part, and uh, we want to be able to reach out for the leaders of Hamas into their headquarters, to the bunkers, to the launching pads where they shoot the missiles uh, to uh, civilian centers in Israel. And we want to minimize the collateral damage to the maximum possible. We don't want, we don't fight civilians. We don't want to fight civilians. We are not enemies of the civilians non-involved in Gaza. We are enemies of the Hamas. And I subscribe entirely to the announcement of the British government and the American government that voted in the United Nations against the uh, uh, call for ceasefire because they said Israel has a right to reach out for Hamas and uh, destroy the Hamas organization. That's what we're trying to do. You talk about the collateral damage. The number coming out of Gaza is that 10,000 people have died there in the last four weeks. I mean, what should Israel be doing to make sure that it isn't hitting civilians? Because clearly that's not working. Well, two things. Number one, while I don't want to argue with the numbers, I must say that these numbers are numbers that are blown out of any proportion by the Hamas. Uh, they, they haven't been counted, they haven't been uh, uh, checked, and uh, I can tell you that... But you can't deny that civilians are dying in Gaza, can you? No, no. So let, let, me, let, let me continue. Of course, I don't deny. And I say that we try to do every possible effort to uh, minimize the collateral damage to the maximum possible. Uh, people that are staying in the center of Gaza, people that are living in the uh, headquarters of the Hamas and in the bunkers where from they uh, wage their wars against the Israeli civilians are likely to be affected and we try to avoid it as much as possible. But uh, when all the uh, Western countries, including your prime minister, uh, um, uh, Rishi Sunak, admirably, I have to say, says that Israel has a right to respond. Where exactly are we going to respond? If not in where the headquarters of the uh, Hamas are, where the bunkers are, where the concentration of their missiles and their uh, other uh, attacking devices are. That's where we have to act, and we try to avoid as much as we can. I know that, uh, unfortunately, I can't deny that it would be stupid and irresponsible that there might be collateral, uh, uninvolved people killed as a result of the Israeli operation. We try to minimize it because our target are not Israel, uh, civilians in Gaza, unlike the Hamas, 
which were aiming at Israeli civilians, and they killed them in their homes, and they butchered them, and they beheaded them, and you know all, all of these terrible sights that were exposed to the world uh, by what they did. I suppose you talk about the support of the international community, like from the UK. I suppose the concern for Israel is that if the continued suffering in Gaza continues to fill our screens uh, day in, day out, and as we hear the numbers growing uh, every day, that the, the sympathy and the unequivocal support could wane, couldn't it, for Israel? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. I, I'm fully aware of that. And in fact, what I want to share with you is my vision. I know I don't represent the government. I don't speak for the government. I think you know very well that I'm not entirely the supporter of this Israeli government. But I want to present my vision for the end game of this event. We are fighting now in order to destroy Hamas. I think it's essential that we'll make clear that we don't want to stay in Gaza and that we are going to pull out from Gaza entirely when uh, the battle is over. However, well, that's, that's kind of the opposite of what Mr. Netanyahu has been saying, isn't maybe, it? You'll have heard maybe, what he said about being responsible no. for security after this. Netanyahu said that Israel is going to be responsible for security. Israel was responsible for the security. It's just that his government failed in providing security for the people of Israel. But we, we also found out that Hamas has increased its military power to the extent that it becomes a danger to the entire stability of the Middle East. So we have to destroy Hamas, and this is something which is widely supported and accepted by the British government, by the American government, by many other Europeans. Now, what I want to say is this. We have to pull out. I don't care whether Netanyahu agrees with me or not. I don't agree with him. We have to pull out from Gaza completely. Then what we have to ask the Western countries is, you want us to pull out, we want to pull out, no Arab country and no Arab soldier will come to Gaza on the bayonets of Israel. So there must be an interim period where an international force will take over Gaza for a short period of time to start and rehabilitate Gaza and start and uh, reestablish and restore a civil administration in Gaza. Now, I, we did it in the south of Lebanon in 2006, and it worked to provide security and and stability in Lebanon for the last 17 years. Is that a NATO, would you want a NATO force then? Is that what you're saying in Gaza? We want to have an international force for a period of time that will then be replaced by the forces of the Palestinian Authority. Now, one thing more which I think needs to be done today by Israel, today, not tomorrow, is that Israel should present this endgame plan and add one essential thing, that Israel is prepared to start immediate negotiations with the Palestinian Authority at the end of the battle on the basis of a two-state solution. Yes, because that's that what they West said. The Palestinian Authority have said that they only want to go back into to Gaza if it is an independent Palestinian state. That's why I say that, number one, there should be an international force for an interim period, number two, Israel should announce today that we have a political vision, we have a political horizon. We are prepared to start negotiations with the Palestinian Authority to establish a Palestinian state on a two-state solution. Now, if Israel will do it today, and this is what I propose that we will do, and I think it's essential that we will do, then there is a likelihood that the international community will be more patient with the time needed for Israel 
to first defeat Hamas completely and break down its military power. If we will not provide a political horizon, then the patience of the international community may disappear very close and we will fail to achieve the goal that we set out and that was supported by the international community. However, if we will then move and say we are prepared, first, we will pull out from Gaza completely. Second, we are prepared to start political negotiations with the Palestinian Authority on the basis of two-state solutions. Then there is a horizon that can be supported by the international community and by the moderate Arab countries. They may not necessarily spell it out explicitly because of the divisions and the sensitivities and of their populations. But I know, based on my experience and my acquaintance and my uh, past uh, uh, dealings with the Palestinian, with the uh, Arab leaderships, that deep down in their heart, the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Emirates, Bahrain, and of course the Palestinians themselves are anxious that Israel will achieve its goal and crash the Hamas. Hamas is a threat not only to Israel. The question is, I suppose, what would be left of Ga- what will be left of Gaza uh, afterwards? Though I mean, we're already hearing reports that half of all homes have been destroyed in Gaza already. Look, a war is not a game, and unfortunately, they started the war and they killed 1,500 Israeli civilians in their homes and butchered them and beheaded them and raped them and killed uh, babies of two years old and elderly people of 85 years old. And sometimes in the course of these events, there are collateral uh, damages and we talked about it. However, uh, Gaza is not going to disappear. Gaza is going to stay there. And the international effort, which will be made with the participation of many countries at the presence of international intervention force in Gaza, will be able to rebuild lots of uh, what has been damaged and also a momentum for a political solution will be created with a commitment by the state of Israel, which has to be made. And uh, here I made it clear. I don't speak for the Israeli government because they don't, don't agree with it now, but I hope that this government will disappear soon and the new government will be replaced that will make a very explicit commitment that we are prepared to negotiate a two-state solution. This is the only possible direction for something that offer a different future for all the parties involved. And that's what I personally support. And I think that lots uh, of uh, people in the international community en- entirely agree with this approach. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Appreciate it. I heard Olmert there, former Israeli Prime Minister.